What's going on? Welcome into the Friday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. And greetings from the Auctioner Sports Performance Center here in Metairie. Daniel Salerson alongside the radio voice of your New Orleans Pelicans, Todd Graffinini. Happy game day, everyone, as the Pelicans welcome in the Denver Nuggets for the third and final time. Well, the second time here in New Orleans. But they look for the season sweep against Denver as they've beaten them already twice, including on Christmas night. December 25th and Todd I feel like we're trying to get back down to reality a little bit after Wednesday night a long day game didn't start till 840 and uh, Zion's debut and I think everyone's starting to calm down a little bit yeah and I know everyone's looking forward to it to just kind of get back into a regular routine that Wednesday was just such a unique event uh, in the city and obviously when we woke up Wednesday morning Daniel I mean you were ready to go but with the game being so late and, and, and the, the way the, the fans, uh, tremendous crowd, by the way, uh, left the arena. I mean, you basically got home at, at midnight, after midnight, and not a whole lot of sleep after the adrenaline of the game. And then, of course, yesterday you're up and you're watching all the aftermath on TV and listening to the reaction on, on Sports Talk Radio, doing all the radio interviews post-game. So, the last two days have really been very long. And then you realize, wow, we got another game tonight. Yeah. So uh, it doesn't stop. And, and kind of looking forward to seeing what tonight brings when we can kind of settle into a, a more normal routine. We talked about this as we were watching shoot around. Um, every game is important. We know that. But during the stretch here where you lose another game to the Spurs on uh, Wednesday night, so you're five back of them in the loss column, um, the margin of error here, look, it's not like – you lose tonight and you're done. But at the same time, at some point, you'll probably have to put a winning streak together. And the Denver Nuggets are very shorthanded tonight, potentially with no Paul Millsap, no Jamal Murray. Um, waiting to hear about Michael Porter Jr. But at the same time, um, this could be another opportunity to start a winning streak with another tough Boston team coming on Sunday. Well, the Pels have played Denver well, even when they were at full strength. It's It's been a pretty solid matchup for them, actually. And the two wins have been by double digits. So, um now, if those guys don't go, that does help the Pelicans, no question about it. But you can't count on that. And I think we've seen, too, this year, Daniel, when teams are depleted, they really come out with a different type of sense that you don't have anything to lose. And we've seen it uh, with an opponent when the Pelicans played Houston, no Westbrook, no Harden. And how did they come out in the first half? They they just shot the lights out. And it's also happened – when the Pelicans have been depleted, you just go back to the game in Detroit where you're basically playing all second-unit guys, and they felt ownership in that game and, and wound up beating the Detroit Pistons. So just because a team doesn't have a couple of, of major contributors, you can't pencil it in. you still got to go out and play very good basketball. Speaking of Detroit, NBA Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas will join the show today. If you heard some of the Pelicans weekly show last night on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM, Caroline and I caught up with Isaiah Thomas. We only played about half of what he had to say just based on we knew he would be on today's podcast. So we're going to play the extended and full version of that coming up in just a few moments. But That's a tremendous segue, by the way. Nice radio. Uh, you, you just played radio very well. Well, I appreciate it, Todd. You know, I do play radio every day. Not well every day, but some days I come out well and some days I, I come up short. But Two thumbs up. Thank you. I appreciate it. Zion Williamson did talk to the, to the media today. You can log on to pelicans.com or the mobile app um, to listen to what he had to say. And he expects to probably play the same amount as he did mm -hmm. last game. I wonder how they managed maybe when he goes out there and plays. He probably will start 
like he did on Wednesday night. But, you know, everyone was talking about how he got pulled with about five minutes to go in the ball game. And, I mean, it was the right move based on the medical staff right. there. I wonder if they maybe shift where it goes if this game is coming down the wire and you need him out there. Interesting point. Interesting point where maybe you see him start the first uh, two quarters and then maybe in the third and fourth he comes off the bench to play the final four or five minutes of each quarter and have him finish quarter. So, yeah, that's something that – uh, obviously, the the coaching staff uh, are, are going to talk about right now as we head into the game tonight. But yeah, the, the, there are still options. But the bottom line is he's going to be out there, and, and that's what you need him to do. And I thought it was interesting listening to him during shoot around, where the play that got him going in the fourth quarter was that rebound when he he basically jumped over seven one. Jakob Pertl yep. took the rebound from him and led the break. Got that chest pass to Etwan Moore and made the floater. That's when the light switch came back on for him. And, of course, we know what happened after that. All right. Well, we're going to get to our interview. Caroline Gonzalez and I caught up with Isaiah Thomas, NBA Hall of Famer and NBA TV analyst. Here's our conversation from yesterday and his Zion reaction and kind of how the Pelicans look and what he's doing now with life after basketball. Isaiah, I really appreciate the time. How are you today? I am good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Very good. Uh, we saw a great debut last night from Zion Williamson. Of course, 22 points, 17 of those coming in the fourth quarter. Um, I wanted to get your take on his debut. I know it was a little bit of a slow start coming out of the gate, but what did you see from Zion last night as he made his regular season debut for the Pelicans? Well, he, he was everything uh, as advertised and, and more, in, in my opinion. Um, you know, he being, he's starting uh, with a minutes restriction and being able to play that well uh, for that limited uh, amount of time uh, was, was pretty, pretty, you know, special and, and fascinating at the same time. Uh, his connection to the crowd, his connection to the uh, audience was was immediate. Every time he got the basketball, uh, you know, people were excited to see what he would do, and, and then he delivered it. I mean, in the, the four three-pointers that he made, uh, no one was expecting that. Uh, you, you, you knew he was a great athlete in terms of uh, dunking the basketball, uh, but you know, you can tell that he's been working and practicing on his shooting. Uh, and now that he has that type of range uh, from the perimeter, it'd be very difficult to guard him. Isaiah, you you know, you've dealt with some injuries in your time, but we saw a little bit, it seemed like, of timidness from Zion last night. I know people said he was nervous, as I think anyone would be in their NBA debut. But do you think, how long do you think it's going to take for him to get kind of get over that timidness of not wanting to hurt himself again, kind of being a little bit afraid of re-injuring himself? Do you think it just took those three quarters and then he kind of came out of his shell in the fourth? Or do you think it's going to take a couple of games? Well, it looks like it, it took those three quarters <laughs> because of each. I mean, 17 straight in the fourth quarter, um, That that that's pretty special. Yeah. And, and not only uh, did he come out of it, but, you know, the, the shots that he was making and the shots that he was taking, you know, those were big-time shots under pressure situations where the team was trying to come back. Uh, you were down six. You were down four. 
you know, and he was he was taking taking shots and making shots, and then at the end, he saw where people, his teammates, were trying to get him the basketball. So right away, uh, the the confidence that he showed, not only did it give the team confidence, but what we saw from watching it on television, it, it gave the audience, uh, the TV audience, confidence that hey, you you're watching something that that's unique and special. And, you know, the NBA, for as great as everyone is and as good as everyone plays, uh, when when a person like Zion steps onto the scene and you can talk about how uniquely different he is, uh, that just makes it that much more exciting and uh, you anticipate watching and seeing him more. We're talking with NBA Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas on Pelicans Weekly. And Isaiah, Caroline and I have no experience making our NBA debuts, but you <laughs> certainly have experience in that category. Take us back to when you made your debut. And I know, you know, we talked about maybe the nerves kind of hitting Zion in that first quarter, maybe not being as aggressive as head coach Alva Gentry would have liked. But what was it like in your NBA debut? What were your nerves like? How did you feel? And uh, what was that moment afterwards when you finished your first NBA game? Um, I remember my first game, we were playing the Milwaukee Bucks, and I was playing against uh, one of my uh, my idols and, and mentors in terms of Quinn Buckner. Um, you know, he played at uh, Thornwich High School in Illinois. His high school team was undefeated, won the state championship. And then he goes to Indiana University, where I went to school at also, followed him, and uh, he won the national championship at Indiana. And his uh, college team was, was undefeated, so he's one of the one of the few players uh, in the history of the game to have an undefeated high school team win the championship and an undefeated uh, college team win the championship. So uh, my first game was against him, and I was I was really nervous, uh, and just was hoping that I would play well and wanted to win. Milwaukee at that time they were the leaders in the Central Division. They had a great team. Uh, they were winning uh, 60 games every year. Uh, fortunately enough for us, we beat them that night, an opening night, and it was a great game. Isaiah, I know uh, our friend Chico said that that he considers you a mentor. And, you know, when you were 19, you were leading the Hoosiers to a national title, which is a lot of pressure. But at 19, you see Zion Williamson, you see all the media around him, you see, uh, you know, all of the attention that he brings. 156 ESPN members were credentialed last night in the, in the Smoothie King Center where there's usually 20. But what advice would you have for Zion Williamson if you were talking to him uh, maybe ahead of his? his NBA debut or even right now as he, as he enters his season? I think the most important thing for him right now is, is not to be seduced by the media admiration into thinking that it's okay to play well and not win. Hmm. I mean, if you look at all the headlines today, uh, they talked about how many points he scored, how exciting he was. And then about the third paragraph, it say, oh, the Spurs won. Right. And they gave the score of the game. And the headlines was about him performing well. And, and as a 
as a top player in the league today, you can get seduced into losing and thinking that losing is okay as long as you play well. So from the start, you know, I hope with his foundation and he's got good people around him, especially, you know, when we talk about Chico, because Chico's not going to accept and let him think that way. And I know I'll constantly remind him that, you know, you have to win. Mm -hmm. And that's what's important. Uh, And he's got a young group around him. Uh, you got a good foundation there. And you're, you're capable of winning. You got a great coach in Alvin. He's been around and experienced. So you you can't accept playing well and losing. And last night was a great effort, uh, but at the end of the day, you did lose. I'm glad you brought that up because Zion did talk about that in his post game press conference. How he you know he really enjoyed his NBA debut, but at the same time, he said he was bummed about losing, which is a good sign for a young guy that. That was on his mind right after the game. But you didn't mention what's surrounding him. I know we want to focus a lot on Zion and his NBA debut, but um, it was a tough loss last night, a game that could impact the Pelicans down the road as far as chasing the Spurs and the Grizzlies for a playoff spot in the Western Conference. But what you've seen from the Pelicans in this last stretch where they've won 11 of their last 16 games, um, what have you seen from this young team, some of the guys like Brandon Ingram, and you saw Drew Holiday really pick it up after his injury, how do these guys kind of fit around Zion, and how do you think this team could fare um, coming down the playoff stretch? Well, I, I think they're, they're definitely capable of making the playoffs if they stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Ingram is is Ingram. I mean, he's you know he's a star in the making, and Zion and, and Holiday. Though you you got you got special players in those three. The the guy that that really, in my opinion, he's going to you know make or break this season is Ball. Uh, if he can continue to play well and have the confidence that that he had in high school and college, um, I watched him uh, in college lead that UCLA team. I watched his high school team uh, when he got into the pros with the Lakers. Uh, he definitely took a step back in terms of confidence. But it appears that he's getting his confidence back uh, just in terms of knowing who he is as a leader. Uh, and I think if, if he can continue to, to stay and play steady, uh, you definitely have a chance to, to make the playoffs and, and perform and play well in the playoffs. We're speaking with NBA Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas, also an NBA analyst on NBA TV. Isaiah, before I let you go, you know, when we talk to former players and past players, I always am curious about what you guys do um, after basketball is done. And, uh, of course, we know about your, your TV gig with NBA TV, and you do a great job with them as we watch you all the time. Um, but I always like to know what are some of your hobbies or what are some of the things you also like to do on your spare time um, as uh, you know, even during an NBA season when you are busy, what are some of the things that you like to do um, beyond basketball? Well, I, I really have no spare time. Um, <laughs> and I'm in the car talking to you, actually headed to my next gig. Um, uh, the NBPA the players, the 450 players, uh, and myself, we own Sherlon Champagne. Uh, which is the official champagne of, of the NBA players. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now I'm 
I'm headed to New Hampshire for the New Hampshire Wine Festival, where we will be featured in poured uh, in New Hampshire. And in New Hampshire, believe it or not, Sherlon Champagne is one of the, the top-selling champagnes uh, in the state. So we we um, we are very excited about uh, what we've been doing. Uh, all champagnes are known for their zero sugar and low sugar. Uh, we have four skews of, of, of champagne that we serve. Our Rosé de Sagné is a, is a knockout. It's a killer. Uh, and we've been very, very successful. We actually, um, we, our champagne debuted in New Orleans at the Essence Festival. We were the official champagne of the Essence Fest uh, this past summer and look forward to coming back. Isaiah, uh, I, I read that your your champagne is affordable, which as a 24-year-old, that's great. And as a 30-something-year-old, Daniel doesn't get a hangover because you guys don't use a lot of sugar. So it's a win-win for both of us. But you talk about your, your association with the Players Association. How, how do you guys try to help with that transition and getting players involved with more than just basketball? Because I know you said you want your legacy to be bigger than just basketball. How do you try to put your hand into players' lives and make a bigger impact well ways like this uh, just in terms of all of us being in business together uh, it it actually not only makes the players start thinking about life after basketball but it forces them to uh, because now we're all in business together and you, you have to talk about uh, all the things that makes a business work how you become an entrepreneur uh, how you how you succeed uh, in some businesses and how you fail in some businesses. And looking at your your basketball career as a business within itself. So you hear a lot of players now uh, talking about the business of basketball and understanding that basketball is a business, even though you play the game. The business aspects are, are around it uh, will help you in your in your transition from the game, so we, you know, we we have a very extensive conversations. I mentor a lot of players uh, personally uh, and professionally, and it's part of being in the brotherhood and the sisterhood of the NBA uh, that that everyone comes together under the basketball tent, and we try to help each other. Isaiah, I was very blessed to have a mom. I mean, who... you got you got two there in terms of. You got two two there in terms of Sling Cash and mm-hmm. Teresa Weatherspoon. Um, you know, those are those are my two roadies. You know, <laughs> we, we ride together. So uh, very happy for, for their success. And not only happy for their success, but uh, what they did on the basketball floor, but also now what they're doing in business. Yeah, they are they are incredible, and we're we're fortunate to have them on the Pelicans staff. How how has was it easy for you personally to transition from basketball to kind of the corporate world, or was it more of a challenge? It, it was it was easy for me uh, because I transitioned right into into basketball, so I. Mm. I made my first acquisition uh, in 1992. I was on a couple of Forbes magazines for purchasing um, a company called American Speedy Printing. Uh, it was one of the first quick print chains in the United States, had over 700 stores, 
uh, across the United States. And and then in 94, I retired. When I retired in 94, um, I had been president of the Players Association. I was president of the Players Association for uh, several years. And when I transitioned out of from the floor, I went right into the front office and started the expansion team, the Toronto Raptors, that just won the NBA championship. Mm-hmm. So I was a part owner, uh, president of basketball operations uh, for the Raptors uh, in Toronto, and there was two two um, international franchises outside of the United States that were started. One was in Toronto, and the other was in Vancouver. I'm proud to say that there's only one outside of the United States right now, and that's the Toronto Raptors, which survive, and the Vancouver Grizzlies right now are in Memphis. So we had a successful launch, a successful startup, and as you see, they won the championship last year. No doubt about it. As someone that is uh, trying to watch his dad bottom, I'm really going to check out this uh, <laughs> this champagne that you have. And, of course, you can go on their website, www.sherlon.com. That's C-H-E-U-R-L-I-N.com. Or you can follow him on social media at C-H-E-U-R-L-I-N-1788. Of course, you can also follow Isaiah Thomas on Twitter at Isaiah Thomas. He does great work for NBA TV and does great work with his champagne and plenty more. And Isaiah, we are certainly glad that you were able to stop by and join us this morning to talk about the Pelicans and about your business endeavors. And uh, hopefully we can talk again soon. Thanks for the time. Thank you for the time. It was great talking to both of you. And uh, thanks for the opportunity to share uh, Shalon Champagne and talk Pelicans. And uh, anytime you guys uh, need me, feel free to call and make sure you tell Chico I said hello. <laughs> All right, big thanks to Isaiah Thomas for coming on today's podcast. We'll have another podcast for you on Monday before the Pelicans hit the road for one game as they take on the Cleveland Cavaliers next Tuesday. But there are a couple of games, including tonight, Pelicans and Nuggets from the Smoothie King Center, 7 p.m. Central tips. You don't have to wait an hour and a half later for this one. You can watch it on Fox Sports New Orleans. Of course, Todd Graffney will have the call on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. And then Sunday afternoon, it's a big one at the Smoothie King Center, nationally televised again on ESPN. It's the Pelicans and the Celtics, and the Pelicans certainly are the Celtics one after a very shorthanded New Orleans Pelicans loss to the Boston Celtics earlier this month. So should be a fun weekend here in the Crescent City for Pelicans basketball, and hope we see you all out there on both nights. And until tonight, from the Smoothie King Center, for Todd Graffinini, Caroline Gonzalez, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.